Hello? 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 Yes, this is MCO. Hello? This is MCO. Hello? Hello? This is another MCO and transmission. This is the Sabasava Sutta, All the Taints. For in the Majjhima Nikaya, the middle length discourses of the Buddha, Sutta number two, translated from the Pali by Bhikkhu Nyanamoli and Bhikkhu Bodhi. Thus have I heard. On one occasion, the Blessed One was living at Savati in Jetta's Grove, Anatta Bintika's park. There he addressed the Bhikkhus thus. Bhikkhus, venerable sir, they replied, and the Blessed One said this. Bhikkhus, I shall teach you a discourse on the restraint of all the taints. Listen and attend closely to what I shall say. Yes, venerable sir, the bhikkhus replied, and the blessed one said this. Bhikkhus, I say that the destruction of the taints is for one who knows and sees, not for one who does not know and does not see. Who knows and sees what? Wise attention and unwise attention. When one attends unwisely, unarisen taints arise and arisen taints increase. When one attends wisely, unarisen taints do not arise and arisen taints are abandoned. Bhikkhus, there are taints that should be abandoned by seeing. There are taints that should be abandoned by restraining. There are taints that should be abandoned by using. There are taints that should be abandoned by enduring. There are taints that should be abandoned by avoiding. There are taints that should be abandoned by removing. And there are taints that should be abandoned by developing. What taints, bhikkhus, should be abandoned by seeing? Here, bhikkhus, an untaught ordinary person who has no regard for the noble ones, who are unskilled and undisciplined in their dharma, who have no regard for true people and are unskilled and undisciplined in their dharma. They do not understand what things are fit for attention and what things are unfit for attention. Since that is so, they attend to those things unfit for attention and they do not attend those things which are fit for attention. What are the things unfit for attention that they attend to? They are things such that, when one attends to them, the unarisen taint of sensual desire arises, and the arisen taint of sensual desire increases. The unarisen taint of being arises, and the arisen taint of being increases. The unarisen taint of ignorance arises, and the arisen taint of ignorance increases. These are the things unfit for attention that they attend to. And what are the things fit for attention that they do not attend to? They are things such that when one attends to them, the unarisen taint of sensual desire does not arise, and the arisen taint of sensual desire is abandoned. The unarisen taint of being does not arise, and the arisen taint of being is abandoned. The unarisen taint of ignorance does not arise, 
and the arisen taint of ignorance is abandoned. These are the things fit for attention that they do not attend to. By attending to things unfit for attention, and by not attending to things fit for attention, both unarisen taints arise, and arisen taints increase. This is how they attend unwisely. They think, Was I in the past? Was I not in the past? What was I in the past? How was I in the past? Having been what, what did I become in the past? Shall I be in the future? Shall I not be in the future? What shall I be in the future? How shall I be in the future? Having been what, what shall I become in the future? Or else they are inwardly perplexed about the present thus. Am I? Am I not? What am I? How am I? Where has this being come from? Where will it go? When one attends unwisely in this way, one of six views arises. The view, self exists for me, arises as true and established. Or the view, no self exists for me, arises as true and established. Or the view, I perceive self with self, arises as true and established. Or the view, I perceive that which is not self with self, arises as true and established. Or the view, I perceive self with what is not self, arises as true and established. Or else they have some such view as this. It is this self of mind that speaks and feels and experiences here and there the results of good and bad actions. But this self of mind is permanent, everlasting, eternal, not subject to change, and it will endure as long as eternity. These speculative views, bhikkhus, is called the thicket of views, the wilderness of views, the contortion of views, the vacillation of views, the fetter of views. Fettered by such views, untaught ordinary people are not freed from birth, aging, and death. They are not free from sorrow, lamentation, pain, grief, and despair. They are not freed from suffering, I say. Bhikkhus, well-taught noble disciples, who have regard for noble ones, and are skilled and disciplined in their dharma, who have regard for true people, and are skilled and disciplined in their dharma, they understand what things are fit for attention, and what things are unfit for attention. Since that is so, they do not attend to those things unfit for attention, and they attend to those things fit for attention. What are the things unfit for attention that they do not attend to? They are things such that when one attends to them, the unarisen taint of sensual desire arises, and the arisen taint of sensual desire increases. The unarisen taint of being arises, and the arisen taint of being increases. And the unarisen taint of ignorance arises, and the arisen taint of ignorance increases. These are the things unfit for attention that they do not attend to. And what are the things fit for attention that they do attend to? They are things such that 
when one attends to them, the unarisen taint of sensual desire does not arise, and the arisen taint of sensual desire is abandoned. The unarisen taint of being does not arise, and the arisen taint of being is abandoned, and the unarisen taint of ignorance does not arise, and the arisen taint of ignorance is abandoned. These are the things fit for attention that they attend to. By not attending to things unfit for attention, and by attending to things fit for attention, unarisen taints do not arise, and arisen taints are abandoned. One attends wisely, thinking, this is suffering. One attends wisely, thinking, this is the origin of suffering. One attends wisely, thinking, this is the cessation of suffering. One attends wisely, thinking, this is the way leading to the cessation of suffering. When one attends wisely in this way, three fetters are abandoned. The view of an existent personality, doubt, and adherence to rules and observances. These are called the taints that should be abandoned by seeing. And what taints bhikkhus should be abandoned by restraining? Here a bhikkhu, reflecting wisely, abides with the eye faculty restrained. While taints, vexation, and fever might arise in one who abides with the eye faculty unrestrained, there are no taints, no vexation or fever, in one who abides with the eye faculty restrained. Reflecting wisely, one abides with the ear faculty restrained. While taints, vexation, and fever might arise in one who abides with the ear faculty unrestrained, there are no taints, vexation, or fever in one who abides with the ear faculty restrained. Reflecting wisely, one abides with the nose faculty restrained. While taints, vexation, and fever might arise in one who abides with the nose faculty unrestrained, there are no taints, no vexation or fever in one who abides with the nose faculty restrained. Reflecting wisely, one abides with the tongue faculty restrained. While taints, vexation, and fear might arise in one who abides with the tongue faculty unrestrained, there are no taints, no vexation or fever in one who abides with the tongue faculty restrained. Reflecting wisely, one abides with the body faculty restrained. While taints, vexation, and fever might arise in one who abides with the body faculty unrestrained, there are no taints, no vexation or fever in one who abides with the body faculty restrained. Reflecting wisely, one abides with the mind faculty restrained. While taints, vexation, and fever might arise in one who abides with the mind faculty unrestrained, there are no taints, no vexation or fever in one who abides with the mind faculty restrained. And while taints, vexation, and fever might arise in one who abides with the faculties unrestrained, there are no taints, no vexation or fever in one who abides with the faculties restrained. These are called the taints that should be abandoned by restraining. And what taints bhikkhus? should be abandoned by using? Here a bhikkhu reflecting wisely, 
uses a robe only for protection from cold, for protection from heat, for protection from contact with gadflies, mosquitoes, wind, the sun, and creeping things, and only for the purpose of concealing their private parts. Reflecting wisely, they use alms food neither for amusement nor for intoxication nor for the sake of physical beauty and attractiveness, but only for the endurance and continuance of the body, for ending discomfort, and for assisting in the holy life, considering thus, I shall terminate old feelings without arousing new feelings, and I shall be healthy and blameless, and shall live in comfort. Reflecting wisely, they use a resting place only for protection from cold, for protection from heat, for protection from contact with gadflies, mosquitoes, wind, the sun, and creeping things, and only for the purpose of warding off the perils of the climate and for enjoying retreat. Reflecting wisely, they use medicine only for protection from arisen afflicting feelings and for the benefit of good health. While taints, vexation, and fever might arise in one who does not use these four requisites thus, there are no taints, no vexation or fever, in one who uses them thus. These are called the taints that should be abandoned by using. And what taints, bhikkhus, should be abandoned by enduring? Here, bhikkhus reflecting wisely, bear cold and heat, hunger and thirst, and contact with gadflies, mosquitoes, wind, the sun, and creeping things. They endure ill-spoken, unwelcome words and arisen bodily feelings that are painful, racking, sharp, piercing, disagreeable, distressing, and menacing to life. While taints, vexation, and fever might arise in one who does not endure such things, there are no taints, no vexation or fever in one who endures them. These are called the taints that should be abandoned by enduring. And what taints, bhikkhus, should be abandoned by avoiding? Here, bhikkhus reflecting wisely, avoid wild elephants. They avoid wild horses. They avoid wild bulls, wild dogs, wild snakes, and stumps, and bramble patches, and chasms, and cliffs, and sewers. Reflecting wisely, they avoid sitting on unsuitable seats, wandering to unsuitable resorts, and associating with bad friends, since, if they were to do so, wise companions in the holy life might suspect them of doing evil. While taints, vexation, and fever might arise in one who does not avoid these things, there are no taints, no vexation and fever in one who avoids them. These are called the taints that should be abandoned by avoiding. And what taints, bhikkhus, should be abandoned by removing? Here, bhikkhus reflecting wisely, do not tolerate an arisen thought of sensual desire. They abandon it, remove it, do away with it, they annihilate it. They do not tolerate an arisen thought of ill will. They abandon it, remove it, do away with it, and annihilate it. They do not tolerate an arisen thought of cruelty. They abandon it. They remove it. Do away with it and annihilate it. They do not tolerate an arisen thought of evil, unwholesome states. They abandon them. 
remove them, do away with them, and annihilate them. While taints, vexation, and fever might arise in one who does not remove these thoughts, there are no taints, no vexation or fever in one who removes them. These are called the taints that should be abandoned by removing. And what taints, bhikkhus, should be abandoned by developing? Here, bhikkhus reflecting wisely develop the mindfulness factor of enlightenment, which is supported by seclusion, dispassion and cessation, and ripens in relinquishment. They develop the investigation of dharma's factor of enlightenment, which is supported by seclusion, dispassion and cessation, and ripens in relinquishment. They develop the energy factor of enlightenment, which is supported by seclusion, dispassion and cessation, and ripens in relinquishment. They develop the rapturous bliss factor of enlightenment, which is supported by seclusion, dispassion and cessation, and ripens in relinquishment. They develop the tranquility factor of enlightenment, which is supported by seclusion, dispassion and cessation, and ripens in relinquishment. They develop the samadhi factor of enlightenment, which is supported by seclusion, dispassion and cessation, and ripens in relinquishment. They develop the equanimity factor of enlightenment, which is supported by seclusion, dispassion and cessation, and ripens in relinquishment. While taints, vexation, and fever might arise in one who does not develop these factors of enlightenment, there are no taints, no vexation or fever in one who develops them. These are called the taints that should be abandoned by developing. Bhikkhus. When for a bhikkhu the taints that should be abandoned by seeing have been abandoned by seeing, when the taints that should be abandoned by restraining have been abandoned by restraining, when the taints that should be abandoned by using have been abandoned by using, when the taints that should be abandoned by enduring have been abandoned by enduring, when the taints that should be abandoned by avoiding have been abandoned by avoiding, when the taints that should be abandoned by removing have been abandoned by removing, and when the taints that should be abandoned by developing have been abandoned by developing, then they are called a bhikkhu who dwells restrained with the restraint of all the taints. They have severed craving, flung off the fetters, and with complete penetration of the conceit, I am, they make an end of suffering. This is what the Blessed One said. The bhikkhus were satisfied and delighted in the Blessed One's words.